Welcome. You're listening to the CMS Podcast, where legal experts and industry leaders from around the world provide key insights on a diverse range of topics. In today's podcast, Corporate Affairs Director, Central and Eastern Europe for Microsoft, Zuzana Matrai, will give insights into the Microsoft approach on artificial intelligence. We hope you enjoy the CMS Podcast. This episode was recorded during the 5th CMS International Technology, Media and Communications Conference in Amsterdam. Please visit our podcast channel for other episodes in the series. I'm just very briefly going to um, introduce Susanna Matrai, who is the Corporate Affairs Director for Microsoft for Central and Eastern Europe. An interesting moment for her to come in and to address these topics because... Uh, there are many different ways of looking at all of these things. I have to say that uh, that and Tay's previous um, uh, input were one of the most thought-provoking things I've ever heard around identity and uh, its uses, advantages and and concerns. We've been doing a lot of work uh, recently, particularly Emma Burnett, who's I think uh, in the front row here, around digital ID and protection systems. But as a lawyer, you are always working with uh, sort of theoretical ideas and uh, what, what ifs and those kinds of possibilities. When you actually have somebody standing up there with his face in, in camouflage saying, this is, how I need to, this is how I need to protect my ID, it really gives you the picture of what you, what you need to know and how, where reality interacts with, with the, the concepts we work with all of the time. Thank you very much for that. Um, Susanna's come a long way. She's a very eminent person, and she's also very highly rated and reputed as a speaker. We're very lucky to have her here today. Uh, she is here as invitation invitee of Dora Petrani, who I can't see, but is somewhere in the room, I think. Um, anyway, you're, you're really welcome, and uh, we'd love to know how you would hold up uh, a different a- angle, if you like, to all of this. Microsoft uh, has recently won some significant victories in, in uh, US procurement, which means it's, it's really back at the center of these issues worldwide again. And it's important to know and to understand how that development and, and your position as a company in the world is going to move uh, into this more measured environment that we seem to be talking about, which I, I, I'm, I'm hoping um, it will, will become a, a stable and reliable one. Uh, but your contribution is going to be very valuable, so thank you. Uh, and let me start by saying that when I heard from Dora the title of this uh, conference, Sharing is Caring, Sharing is Caring, uh, I said, oh my God, what a wonderful uh, title. Um, on one hand, our choice of CMS as a long-term uh, outside council in Hungary um, was very well-funded. Your organization uh, follows very much, as we call in Microsoft, this growth mindset. And that I could also, by the way, witness in Hungary at the uh, 30th anniversary of uh, CMS um, last month. Um, on the second hand, um, it's, it's, I said to myself when hearing sharing is caring, sharing is care, uh, caring, uh, is very much tailor-made for me. Uh, let me tell you why. Um, before joining Microsoft, uh, I was a diplomat for 20 years. Um, I only joined Microsoft two years ago. And I was a diplomat, and with this background, um, I guess you may understand that the feeling of being scared was very much um, perceived in my attitude. Uh, I would 
even go as far as saying that it was inbuilt in my emotion and reaction. Um, you should know that in the public sector, especially in the uh, Central and Eastern Europe, um, we don't use much new technologies. Uh, we are very scared of it. Um, it's a very conservative uh, environment. Um, so, as I used to say to my sales colleague, that uh, uh, public sector is a little land of opportunity, by the way. So, um, so, with this scared mindset, when I joined Microsoft and when I was preparing for the endless interviews, um, I was striving to understand the philosophy, the strategy, and the mission of Microsoft. And I must say that after two years, um, I feel really proud and humble to join this company because this company really cares. This company really cares um, about its employees, customers, and this technology, and all up its, um, uh, its future, uh, or their future. And um, so what does it mean for a tech company to care? Um, I truly believe that the best to demonstrate this is to quote our CEO, Satya Nadella. Um, he said that in order to fulfill our mission, which is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more, you need empathy. You need empathy because in order to empower every person, you need to understand their need, even their unspoken needs. And for this, you need empathy. I'm not sure whether I have ever heard any tech company leaders to talking about empathy. And when it comes to new technologies, especially artificial intelligence, um, you need even more empathy, and you need even more this growth mindset. Um, in Microsoft, we truly believe that when it comes to AI, uh, AI is a tremendous tool. If you use it wisely, and if you apply well, it can help everyone's life to make better because it's really liberating our, every person's creativity and ability. And as I put in my um, title, it's really helping to augment human ingenuity. But as I said, the most important thing is the if, if we use it wisely. But here, let me pause for a moment. Um, we talk about a lot about AI and all the fears that comes with with, uh, with these changes. However, our history has shown that, you know, many changes have already we've been going through. Um, just an example, when cars replaced horses. Um, so we have been already facing many changes in our history. However, what I truly believe, the difference now is the scale and the um, space of this, of this change. That's why it's extremely important how we approach this. And as I said, this if is the most important. And as we see in the Microsoft, in order to apply uh, AI in a trustworthy manner, you need at least two preconditions. One condition is, is definitely uh, a dialogue. A dialogue between all the stakeholders. As it is not just a change that will change a sector, it will, as I said, it's already changing our everyday life. So we need to have a dialogue involving all the stakeholders, lawyers, academia, 
industry. So it's definitely not just the tech sector who should be responsible for, for deciding what kind of future we want to. So this is a really shared responsibility. And those kind of meetings like this one can also help in this dialogue. I'm truly uh, aware of that. The second thing is what we believe is, uh, as was also said, that we should apply AI, we should approach AI ethically. And um, I heard that this is a grey story, it's not black and white, true. Um, however, we truly believe that at least there are a couple of ethical principles that should be a guiding line for any future legal regulation or legal framework when it comes to AI. Within the Microsoft and also outside with our employees and customers, we've been talking uh, a lot about what kind of ethical principles they would see important. And finally, we came up with six ethical principles that we think should guide our thinking when it comes to AI. And according to this, as you can see, according to the six ethical principles, we think that definitely any AI solution should be socially fair, reliable, secure, inclusive, transparent, and accountable. I guess we could spend hours to talk about all these principles, and all these principles may mean different things from one to another, How, and I don't have time now to, to deep dive into this, but at least let's talk about one or two aspects, the security and privacy, as it was also uh, very much touched upon in the, uh, in the panel discussion and also in the keynote. Um, I don't know whether you know that Microsoft invests more than $2 billion per year in security research and development. Um, all our, our cloud, so our data centers meet all the... Uh, data protection regulation, both in the United States and in the European Union. Uh, so one must say that definitely Microsoft does not sacrifice privacy to the altar of the uh, technology advancement. Um, when it comes to the six ethical principles, what we truly believe that this six ethical principles should be the guiding line for a future legal framework for AI. As you all know, AI regulation is not much present in any area for the moment. So it's just a journey uh, that has just started. Uh, we truly believe that we should not hurry. Um, even professional says that artificial, in artificial intelligence is not that mature yet, that we can enact any legal um, jurisdiction. However, that's why we truly believe that everybody applying, using, developing AI must um, self-regulate themselves based on these six ethical principles. Um, I would go even further saying that um, we even think that these six ethical principles will not just lay down the future legal framework of AI. Uh, we truly believe that even the... Um, Mm, computer programmers, researchers, uh, will need to carry out ethical studies. Uh, we even go saying that they may need to uh, take an oath, you know, like the doctor do the Hippocratic oath, and to swear and, and to say that we do not harm to anyone with our activities. 
and we have already started to, um, to, to, to develop what we also think is important when it comes to this Hippocratic Oath. Um, uh, what I also would like to, to, to say that um, uh, it's, it, it's been already two years that um, we put on paper also all these uh, six principles and also the dialogue what we think important to so our philosophy when it comes to AI. Um, you may um, download this called the Future Computed Book or in a new book with the title Tools and Weapons uh, uh, by our Chief Legal Officer, Brad Smith. It's a very interesting reading, a very honest one, showing our journey, how we came to this um, idea of importance of ethical principles. So even our failure, you can, you can read in this, in, the, in this book. However, what is also important that all these things are not just you know, decorating um, a piece of paper. We have really internalized this approach. And, um, and in the company, we established already back in 2016, so already three years ago, a committee, it's called ITER, which stands for Artificial Intelligence and Ethics in Engineering and Research. Um, this committee gathers all the leaders from all segments. Uh, it's called the Senior Leadership Team. They gather on a weekly basis and they discuss all the sensitive uses of AI. So they really deep dive in the uh, in sensitive cases. And um, because also it was mentioned how much important the trust. Uh, as some of my um, uh, leader in Microsoft said, uh, in, in Microsoft we sell trust. Uh, and as you know, trust comes on foot, but lives on horseback. So definitely something that you should not uh, play with. Um, uh, and here I would like to, to refer on facial recognition. Um, as I said, when it comes to legislation on AI, we said that you don't have to hurry. People say um, that technologies are not that mature enough to enact. However, if we see that in one area, if we see a very desired direction, we definitely must speak up. And Microsoft was the first tech company uh, back in last December to call upon uh, to call government to adopt legislation of facial recognition. But here, let me also say something. Um, what we truly believe it's our responsibility to to help or to help avoiding any misuse of AI. However, it's also our responsibility to enable people to use the tremendous benefits of AI. And when it comes to facial recognition, um, just let me say a few positive examples. Um, for example, in New Delhi, the police headquarters uses facial recognition. Within four days, they managed to uh, identify 3,000 missing children. Um, mm, also, um, historians in the United States, they managed to identify portraits of unknown soldiers in the Civil War. Also, there are 
um, facial recognition can help definitely in healthcare to diagnose very rare diseases. So we should really find the right balance. And what we advocate for is that there should be a dialogue between government and also society on what we want. People should know what it means to use um, this kind of uh, technology. And an example, the, uh, you also mentioned the um, um, kind of facial recognition used in a stadium. That is one of the uh, most eloquent examples. With the facial recognition, you may prevent hooligans, terrorists to enter into a stadium. However, also privacy at stake. So the balance should be fine between privacy and public safety. This is something that should be based on a dialogue, and that's what we call upon. We don't want facial recognition to be prevented, to be used. What we want is to be used in an ethical way, and government should be the leading uh, in this, that it should be used ethically. Mm. And uh, finally, what I would also like to say that, um, as you hear, we put very much human into the, uh, in Microsoft, human in the loop. So we have a very much human-centric approach. And as I said, I truly believe that um, mm, AI uh, is, you know, AI is not replacing human. AI is helping human to augment its creativity and ability. Of course, it's also up to us as human to use this uh, opportunity. Um, I would even say that, you know, the personal computer that was invented more than 40 years ago by Bill Gates, this is the time that it can really become personal. Um, and this human approach, what we have in Microsoft, can be the most demonstrated, I believe, in, uh, in a program that we call AI for Good program. This is an initiative of us. It's a grantee program. And um, it shows um, the area that we have started to develop our AI technologies. And that's where we also encourage uh, startups, NGOs, to develop uh, AI solution. And, um, we have um, uh, identified three main areas within our AI for Good program. And as you can see, AI for Earth, AI for Accessibility, and AI for Humanitarian Actions. These are the main, main three areas uh, where we have started to develop our technologies. And I'm also very glad to see uh, uh, that also uh, within the CMS, you pay very much attention on, on, on AI, for, let's put it, AI for Earth. Um, and uh, out of this, excuse me, we have so many gorgeous examples already, this, but just let me say one It's in, in, in our AI for accessibility. This is one of the most accessible one and it's easy as you might have, you may have already heard about. It's called a Seeing AI application. I don't know whether is there anyone who has already heard about it. So you can try it. It's, it helps visually impair people basically to see the world. Uh, you take your iPhone, you upload, you take your iPhone, you shoot to the glass of water and your phone will tell you what it sees. You see it's a glass of water. Beautiful, isn't it? However, this beautiful idea, maybe at first sight you don't think that it may also have, let's put it, biases. However, if you think 
basically that the device will interpret the reality, what the blind people can see. So once again, how you train your programmers, ethical questions and education that I hope very much I will have the time also to talk in the, um, in the panel. Definitely, I think these are the very much underlying principles. Um, when I arrived at Microsoft, uh, my, my manager told me that um, we have a slogan uh, in Microsoft, how we approach all the difficult situations. Um, it's called Pose, Think, Act. And I truly believe if we approach with the posting act mind in head, so if we don't hurry, we step back, we think, including all the stakeholders, responsibly, and then we act, we definitely can have a human-centered, um, AI-based new future. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the CMS podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Be sure to visit our channel and subscribe to stay up to date with our legal content. Until next time.